he's been picked out. Socks down to his ankle. Picks out Stansfield! That's the hat-trick! And that's what dreams are made of! Hello everybody and welcome to Park Life, the official Exeter City podcast. Since our last show, City hosted Carlisle United at the park and won a crucial three points against a side battling relegation. But City followed that result up with a disappointing defeat to playoff chasing Blackpool. This week, City faced Cambridge United at the park with plenty to play for, so let's get straight into it. Coming up in today's show, I'll be chatting to City's latest recruit, Ben Perrington, about moving back down to Devon and making his debut for his hometown club. I'll also be joined by Jules from the Under the Abbey Stand podcast to get the lowdown on Cambridge before the City Under-18s captain, Tom Dean, tells us about their Devon derby win over local rivals, Plymouth Argyle. Ben, welcome to Park Life. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, earlier this month, you became uh, City's second signing of the January transfer window, making the permanent move down to Devon from Ross County. Um, how have you found it settling into the side? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a different change uh, coming down from Scotland. Um, it's a very, very long way. Uh, to think it to be an 11-hour drive to get back, so... It was a bit stressful and happened all quite quick, to be honest. It was all happening in the background for a week or so. But then when it finally got over the line, you know how it is moving clubs. It's um, You pack up your car and you sort of jump in straight away and you're down the next day training. Um, so it's one of those. I've had a few clubs now. I've had six clubs. So it's sort of you get used to it as you as you get older. Um, but yeah, obviously settled in okay. Um, got a house back down here anyway um, with my wife. So it's one of those where... It's a move has been easier than other moves in the past, um, except the drive, of course. But yeah, settled in nicely and the lads and the staff and everyone's been brilliant. I was going to say it's a new club, but it's not a new city. You were born here, uh, of course, grew up uh, watching a few games from the Big Bank. You say that the move's been pretty seamless. I, I guess that that's part of the attraction uh, of the move in the first place, right? Yeah, of course. I've been a, all around the country sort of thing, you know, even up to Scotland and being probably the furthest club away that I could have possibly got in the UK from Exeter. Um, so, yeah, like you said, I've, I've grown up around as an Exeter lad in Exwick and I'm over now um, the other side of the river, but it's whether I'm, I'm five minutes from the ground and five minutes from the training ground, it was the perfect sort of move for me at this stage from being in League One and everything. It was sort of a, an attractive move to come back home and obviously family plays a part in that as well. So yeah, to come back, it was it's, it's brilliant for me and brilliant for my family and brilliant for everyone. So I'm glad, glad to get it done. Yeah, the ideal move by the sounds of it. Um, and you've already made your debut as well, uh, that coming against Blackpool last week. Maybe wasn't the result that we wanted, um, but how did you find your experience uh, making your debut for maybe, can I say, your boyhood club? Yeah, yeah well, I'm, I am from Ex. Obviously, I spent a lot of time down at Plymouth from the age of eight or nine years old. Um, yeah, obviously it wasn't great circumstances um, coming on, losing 2-0, warming up on the side, you're hoping that you can get one back and almost come on and it'd be a bit closer and try and help out and get Nick a goal back. Um, maybe pick up a point or obviously three, but yeah, coming on in the game, it was nice to get my first minutes in an Exeter shirt um, and sort of get to grips with the way we play. Um, it's, it's quite a different style um, to a lot of teams in this league. I've been a few clubs obviously champ league one league two um they've been around and I've, I, I enjoy the way that we play what i've seen so far um sort of playing out from the back and everything 
Um, so it's just one of those trying to watch from the sideline and get used to everything before you come on um, to be ready at any point. Um, obviously, came on at centre half, um, which is a position I like. Obviously, on the left um, in the three. So it's one of those where sort of settle in and when you're tuning down, you're sort of thinking, oh, can we get back into this game? But obviously, it wasn't to be. Um, but hopefully, we can bounce back and try to get a result against Cambridge. Yeah, you also managed to get some minutes in the friendly match against Southampton. Did you manage to learn a bit about your teammates from that match? Yeah, it was nice to actually um, get to know their names as well. Instead of just faces, put, put some names to faces. But it was um, a good run out. Um, got 60, 65 minutes, whatever it was. So it was nice to come off, um, well, obviously leading the game. There's some very good players that played. Um, it was quite a strong team that we had. And some good young lads as well that obviously are going to be very good, very good players for the club in the future. Um, Exeter is obviously known for bringing players through and everything. You can clearly see that um, in the games that we're playing. Southampton had a decent little side out, um, fairly young, obviously, but it was one of those. They played good football and it was a nice nice test. Um, obviously, to, to get a win as well, it's one of those, obviously, it's only a reserve game, whatever, but it's nice to keep these these wins coming and try and build a bit of something, a bit of winning mentality in the squad. Um, and obviously, for the strikers to get a few goals and for everyone just to get some minutes in the legs, it was really good. Yeah, you say that you're quite a versatile player, um, which is great. Um, but that left back position, certainly your, your favourite. Um, it's actually a position that's quite well covered at City at the moment. Zach Jules can play there, Vincent Harper as well. And I suppose if we're playing a more advanced system, then so can uh, Imi Niskanen. Do you think you'll be able to make that left back position your own this season? Yeah, well, like you said, there's some very good players. Um, wasn't probably a position that necessarily needed Strength now. I think you've got, like you said, you've got players that can play there. Um, but yeah, I guess as a footballer and as a left back, you've got to try and back yourself to get that place in the team and sort of make it your own, especially when it is your position. Um, well, I'm happy to try and make all of them um, my position over time. Obviously, it takes time and it takes time for people to believe in you or play well. You can obviously have a bad game here and there. Um, but from what I've seen, they're, they're really good players and it's going to be tough to obviously get in the side, um, let alone make it make it your own um, but obviously that's what I'm here to do to try and play as many minutes and games as I can and yeah hopefully I can achieve that and get myself in the team and try and stay in the team. Yeah let's talk a little bit about the move then. Um, you said when you signed that there's been a few times where there's been talks about trying to make the move happen. What exactly was it that meant things kind of fell into line this time around? Um, yeah I've had talks. I came in I spoke to Matty Taylor in the past when he was manager Um it's just one, and then the previous transfer window has just gone by. But it's one of those where, obviously, it is my my hometown city, and it's always been. You always get mates texting you or something. Oh, are you coming back? And it's. I think it's sometimes on the rumor mill when it's not true, and it's it's not when it is happening. Like this time, I didn't really get many messages um, up until probably about a week before. Whereas usually in transfer windows, it does come up quite a lot. I think the one of the media guys said to me, "It's me and I think Sean Goss every year the two names yeah. come up." Um, <laughs> Which, yeah, you're probably aware of, but it's just a variety of different things, really. I think um, now that the club's in League One, it's probably even more achievable than it has been in League Two in the past. Um, I think at the stage of my career, I'm 27 now. I think I've played at clubs that have been... I've had like promotion with Rotherham, Charlton from League One to the Championship. I've had played a couple of seasons in the Championship as well. Um, so it's one of those where it wasn't necessarily for me to come back at that point. I think now they're doing well and hopefully we can obviously maintain the place in League One. Um, the club seems to be in a really good place. You've got the nice training ground and everything. It was very 
appealing for me. Um, obviously married now, um, got a partner, I've got a house back here in Exeter. So it sort of all came together at this point. Whereas in the past, it's been one of those, I could go anywhere in the country and I didn't really have too many ties in terms of coming back. It was always a, a dream to come back to the West Country and Devon and um, back home into the, the city. So I never really fully expected it to happen. Um, my partner obviously dreamed it would happen for a lot longer than I have. Um, she obviously want want them at home and that and stuff and my family and friends. It'll be a much nicer lifestyle for me back in Exeter now instead of just be having sort of your teammates um, and being eleven hours away from home. So yeah, there was a lot of positives to it and obviously the football side as well. I think the manager came across very well and obviously sold the club and everything and the way he likes to play and I thought it it sort of suited me and I would I was really attracted to come back and play at this point. Um, and hopefully I can try and stay and sort of earn new contracts and stuff and play as many games as I can to try and stay here for as, as long as I can. Yeah, you say it's a it's a really attractive offer and, you know, naturally I'd agree. Um, but you do have to look at City's <laughs> league position at the moment. Was that, was that not something that, that maybe made you made you think twice? I guess it just makes it more of a challenge, really. Um, one of those where I've, I've watched quite a few games um, of Exeter's um, obviously we're building up to um, the move happening where you get a little sniff and you're thinking, oh, I'll see what they're about. And you know, I, I thought they probably deserve to have more points than they do. Um, but also, I, I actually like a challenge, really. Um, it's one of those, you're coming in, it's all backs, backs against the one, it, like you're fighting as a team against everyone. Everyone probably one of the lower budgets in the league and probably... People look at it on the bad run that they had and think, oh, they're, they're going down. But it's one of those, I think we know as a group what we have in the squad. Um, I think we've got more than enough to stay up and push on, try and climb the league as much as we can. There is still one small elephant in the room. Uh, and that is, of course, that you spent much of your career uh, down the road in Plymouth, even rising through their academy. Um, yeah. Did it at all feel a little bit awkward making the move to Exeter or, or was it just not like that? Um. I wouldn't say awkward. I think it was more, I obviously have, I came through at Plymouth. I've got a lot of ties to Plymouth. Um, even my brother came through at Plymouth. Um, he's obviously exit lad, but he spent a lot of time there from like nine till he was probably about 20 as well. Um, so I spent a lot of my life down there. I've got a lot of friends down there. Like Diggs was down there when I stayed down there with family. Um, and again, like my Diggs, if I'm still really friends with now, I'm still my best, like closest friends. So it's one of those where, you come into X and people are going to have their opinions on it, but it's it's one of them. I've, I'm from Exit. I don't think it's if I'd gone away straight from Plymouth to Exit, I think there would be more people asking questions. But I know what the, the rivalry is about. It's um, it's a massive rivalry down here, and obviously, whatever team you're playing for, you want the best for that club. And it's I'll be giving them now that I'm back, so everything that I can for the shirt, and hopefully the fans can see that that I've um. Give, give it my all every week and that's probably the least that you can expect from me that I'm not gonna be lazy or anything I'll be giving it my all um, I think the spell that I had basically seven years away as well so I left Plymouth when I was 20 I've been away I've been at um, different clubs I left Plymouth in a, a good spell with we the top of league league two so left there in the January basically got the promotion medal from that one then went on and got promotion with Rotherham and then again with Charlton so it was one of those where I don't regret my decisions to leave anywhere at any point. I'm happy with what I've made and I've ended up coming back. Um, so yeah, I've sort of done full circle back to Devon. So yeah, I'm, I'm sort of proud of the seven years that I had away and obviously my time at Plymouth as well. I'm proud to have now played for a second um, team in Devon. Um, yeah, 
that's it really i'll give it my all of course uh let's move on to saturday then um another six pointer if you like we've had quite a lot of them recently um but also a chance for you to to play in front of a crowd at sjp for the first time you must be looking forward to it yeah yeah i am um i know obviously getting good crowds in league one now um i've I've watched a few of the games and it seems like there's a a great atmosphere especially the the one that they won recently with a penalty save at the end that was a it was a good one. The nervy watch, but it yeah. was a good watch. Um, yeah, obviously the historic. I've been there. I think that went up in the national league with my dad. Um, probably when I was like five or six years old. So it's one of those. A lot of my dad's friends and everyone. Even my dad goes up. Um, it's a it's a good day out up St James Park, and it's the big banks. One of those traditional standing stands where obviously they make a lot of noise and it creates a very good atmosphere. So. Hope we can get a good crowd up there, and I'm really looking forward to getting going. Yeah, of course. Uh, but Cambridge will be tough opposition. We know that. Um, they, of yeah, course, beat, beat Fleetwood last week, and they've put themselves in a really good position in the league. How important do you consider it is to, to win this game on Saturday? Oh, it is a massive game. Um, obviously, they've signed Lyle Taylor now, who I was with a child. I know how good he can be as a player. Um, they've got some some very good talented players as well and they've got a good manager who's he knows the league inside out and he's gonna do his best to upset you and set up a team to frustrate you and again he's got the the quality in the players to hurt you so I think it's one of those we've got to be well prepared and we know what to expect um but at the end of the day we'll be doing everything we can to win the game and take the three points and I guess the the recent home record as well three unbeaten in the league at home uh, that must give you some real inspiration yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, at home, it's, it's a tough place to come down to. Exit. I've been there in, in the past, obviously on opposition teams, um, had mixed results. So it's one of those where I know what what to expect. I know it, opposition players coming here. It's, it's going to be a tough day for them. Um, but yeah, like I said, we need to try and get the win, and that's the most important thing. Well, Ben, uh, thank you so much for joining uh, me on Park Life this week, and uh, best of luck uh, against Cambridge on Saturday. No, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Next, I'm joined by Jules from the Under the Abbey Stand podcast to learn a bit more about Saturday's opposition. Jules, welcome to Park Life. Thanks for joining us. Cambridge have, like many teams we've faced recently, had a pretty turbulent season so far. Passing ways with Mark Bonner was tough, but bringing in Neil Harris seems to have brought some inspiration to the Abbey Stadium. Uh, what's it felt like from a fan's perspective? It's been um, it's been quite an odd few months to be honest. Like you sort of end your relationship with a manager who's had a twenty five year association with the club over so many different roles. A guy that you know grew up watching the team, like like supporters did uh, on the you know, standing on the on the habit as a season ticket holder, and then goes on to sort of achieve all our dreams and manage the club, get promoted to League One, and then it stops working, and you sort of have to come to terms with that fact um and you know it's been a long time since we actually appointed a new manager so I forgot all the you sort of get yourself back on the merry-go-round of of managers and it was a bit of like trepidation from everyone when Neil Harris first first joined but um I think we've got a decent enough sample size now he's made us a much harder team to beat I think um he's given uh, definitely a renewed sense of belief in the squad I think um a lot of the conversations toward the end of the Bono era, I think we were playing ourselves up as too small a club in a division which we obviously we're nowhere near the biggest fish in it, but I don't think we're anywhere near, we're not quite the smallest one in it. And I think what Neil Harris has done is given both the players and supporters just a, a sort of new lease of life a little bit. And there's a lot of um, 
there's just a good amount of excitement without I think people are still a little bit wary of him I think you know it's like it's sort of like you know trying to go for a breakup and it's like the first girlfriend afterwards or something and you're like you're just trying to sort of um yeah you're sort of getting used to, to life now but um but you know things things have started really well and uh, Neil Harris by all accounts seems like a uh, not just a brilliant manager but a brilliant guy as well so um yeah positive stuff but it's been a, it's been a bit of a crazy few months yeah, let's just stick on Mark Bonner for a little bit. Obviously, a stalwart of, of Cambridge United. How hard was it to to say goodbye? Because, I mean, we had you know Paul Tisdale in charge for, for many years and then Matt Taylor, both at quite long stints at, at the club. Mark Bonner, 25 years. I mean, that completely out, outbeats anything that we've had at Exeter. It must have been incredibly hard. It's crazy, yeah. I mean, to be, yeah, to be clear, twenty-five years, obviously not in, as first team manager. No, of he was a uh, first team manager for for three and a half years, but twenty-five years as an association to the club, right through from you know he he left school when he was sixteen uh, and went straight into volunteering as a coach uh, in the in the academy system and in the community foundation, and from there filled every single role in the football club in a coaching capacity, right through to the first team manager. It's a crazy fairy tale, it really is. And the craziest thing was that it worked. Like he was he was brilliant and he was exactly what we needed at the right moment. Um, and he got us promoted very unexpectedly out of League Two. Uh, and I think Exeter might have been the only team that beat us twice that year. So you still got that over us. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was he was brilliant. He managed to build not just one promotion winning squad, but then uh, a, a team that against all odds stayed, not just stayed in League One, but stayed up comfortably. We finished 13th in our first year back. Uh, managed to find goal scorers year after year. Paul Mullen obviously being the headline example in his first season, but then Sam Smith and Joe Ironside in the years after that. Um, and even you could say this year, Fajiri hit the ground running when, when Bonner was... Um, when Bonner was still in charge to say goodbye to a guy like that. Honestly, the only way I can describe it is it was like a breakup. It was like, everyone sort of knew it had to happen. It had just reached the end. The chapter had like, you just knew it had to happen deep down, but no one wanted it to happen. Even the most staunch Bonner out um, supporter of which there were quite a few. I mean, you know, to Exeter fans probably won't keep up with our results, but his, I think the, the proper, not quite the nail in the coffin, but the one that really sort of swayed opinion was we lost five nil at our, rivals Peterborough so it's like imagine you not going down to Plymouth and losing 5-0 I mean any manager is yeah. going to suddenly be in the chop after that no matter who he is and it um it just reached the end of uh, the end of the road really but it was so hard to say goodbye and honestly it genuinely felt like I was in shock for like a few days afterwards um it sort of felt like he was untouchable in a way but it did have to happen it was the right thing no no one person is bigger than the football club but if anyone comes anywhere near it's, it's definitely Mark Bonner for us is there an extent to which you could say that he was almost a victim of his own success, getting Cambridge promoted out of League Two into League One? You mentioned that you're not the smallest fish in League One, uh, but you're doing well to be there. Is there an argument that he was a victim of his own success? A touch, because I think even now, um, despite I think, you know, I think we'd, we'd consider ourselves maybe slightly bigger than a few of the clubs in there. But I think our budget's probably not, to be honest. I think um, our backing is probably a lot smaller than a lot of the teams around us. I think we've probably still got a bottom four budget, despite it having gone up um, in the in the past couple of seasons. And I think m you, you're probably right, he's a victim of his own success in, in one way. But I think, having said that, there is an ambition around the football club that League One is is very much a standard that we can that we should and could could and should be competing in. And historically, you know, we spent a lot of time in the Championship and we spent a lot of time in the third tier. And it's despite a long, long absence, obviously when we were in the conference, um, it was it's it's definitely a level that I think people higher up in the club aspire us to be at. 
and having got us there, maybe prematurely, uh, you know, a bit a bit earlier than I think people, the club were expecting to. Um, it was sort of the important thing was to stay there for as long as possible. So it, to an extent, yeah, he was a victim of his own success, but it's sort of also, that's also sort of the, the, the biggest positive I can say about him is that he managed to get us there earlier than expected. And he kept us there uh, by one way or another. He always managed to keep us there. And it was just important that that kept happening. And it it just looked like it, this year, I think with Mark Bonner in charge, I think we'd be looking down the barrel of the gun, I think at the moment, um, which is obviously, you know, it's, it's it, you, you'll never know, but if you watch some of those performances towards the end of the rain, it was just like, it was, it was, it, it didn't seem like there was any coming back really. So yeah, it was like ripping a plaster off sort of had to happen, but, um, but yeah, I, I suppose, I suppose to an extent, but look, I, I wish him all the best. And he's a young manager who will learn from a lot of the mistakes that he was making with us. Um, and in, in I, I sort of still have this thing. And I think a lot of United fans have this, this dream that it might not quite be the end of the story just yet. And in, I don't know who knows in a few decades maybe this the fairy tale sort of comes back comes back home but um but for now it was um yeah a great ride yeah perhaps you've obviously had to move on neil harris in charge now you mentioned a little bit earlier that he's made the team harder to beat um what exactly has he changed on the pitch it's, do you know what it's 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 the intangibles he's changed so tactically we we line up exactly how we did under bonner no no difference personnel wise Aside from Lyle Taylor, obviously now it's been largely the same. The lineups were were pretty much the same. He didn't do anything drastic in terms of dropping players um, or or starting players that hadn't weren't getting a look in under Bonner. It was very much same same on in terms of team sheet. It's more of those little intangibles. It look just sort of looks like there's players up for the fight a tiny bit more. And it's one of those things that you know supporters love to say, um, just like that you know, players caring that touch more. And I'm not saying they didn't under Bonnet. It just seems like maybe it's just a new manager bounce and they're playing for a new manager. They're playing for their spots in the team a little bit more. But at the end of the day, even if that's all it is, it might well have kept us up this year because this little run has just given us a little bit of breathing room ahead of the relegation zone, which is the most important thing. So in terms of in terms of the longer run, obviously I can't quite comment. And I think now he's starting to build his own squad, Lyle Taylor being an interesting signing and a few others probably coming in this window. And if he gets until the summer, which I'm almost 100% will, um, it'd be interesting to see what he does in the summer in terms of building his own team. Because Harris squads are very famous for, if you look at his Millwall team that got promoted out of this division, Lee Gregory and Steve Morrison up top, like two bruisers, yeah. two big, like big lumps up top, not known for, for playing the the prettiest style of football but I've got to say I don't think any United fan really cares how we play as long as we as long as we can stay in this division for as long as possible and make a bit of a dent on the top half potentially next season or something then that'll be the most important thing but for now I think you just don't you don't see we, on New Year's Day we played Leighton Orient it's by far the worst we played under Harris and it looked like a this is all I could, the best I can say about Harris is it looked like a, a Bonner performance towards the end of the Bonner reign where we never laid a glove on them we barely had a shot um, they just sort of, you know, strolled to a 2-0 win. And that sort of performance just hasn't, has barely happened under Harris. It's the only example, even going to Oxford away, Charlton away, Blackpool at home, we've never, ever looked like we've not been up for a fight. So even even when we've lost, that is. So against Oxford, we lost, but it, we were well in the game right until the last minute when they scored. So, yeah, I don't think we we roll over for anyone now, which is probably the best thing I can say about what Harris has done to the team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not that long ago, uh, City played Cambridge at the Abbey Stadium, a 2-0 win uh, for the U's at your place. Just how comprehensive of a win was that? Because without it, you'd be a little bit closer to the relegation mm. zone right now. Yeah, it was huge. Oh, that game was a... You know, just like Saturday, just gone against Fleetwood. I think those home games against the teams in and around us are the 
are the most important ones. And I think it was going back to Bonner for a second. It was one of the big reasons why he ended up actually getting the sack when he did, because I think you looked at the fixture list and looked at Exeter in the middle of a bunch of really hard games and gone, well, that's an absolute, absolute must win for us. And then you look at our run in January. Now we play six of the bottom eight in the next, uh, well, if you include last Saturday, it's a huge run for it. It basically decides our season between now and, and mid February. And I think they looked at it and gone, this is the time to change and see if even if it's just a new manager bounce, that's all, that's all it it needs to be, really. And that game specifically, that that game against Exeter at the Abbey, I mean, I thought obviously you guys came into it in such a terrible run of form that it was just like, it seemed like one of those um, one of those League One games where it's like, well, this has got Exeter win written all over it, you know, like this, the unpredictability of the lower leagues um, is what it felt like. But the, the game itself, I thought, I thought we did really well, to be honest, because I actually thought you guys sort of moved the ball around quite nicely. It didn't look like you had any threat really going forward, but it was a bit of a turgid game that you could easily have sort of stodged out. But I think we managed to find ways to score, which was which was, which was, was pleasing. And do you know what? Most importantly, three points at the end of the day. And I think that's the sort of mentality that he's managed to, in, to instill in them again, where it's just like, just find a way. Um, the, the sort of the means to an end don't really matter. Um, and I thought, I thought we'd come out of it deserved winners. Uh, but it looks like you know you guys have picked up a bit of form since then, so probably won't be quite as uh, quite as well, not comprehensive, but straight straightforward, I suppose, down at your place on Saturday. Since then, uh, Harris has obviously strengthened the side uh, now that the January transfer window is open. Uh, many fans uh, of City will be aware of Cambridge's new forward, Lyle Taylor, who found fame at Wimbledon, Birmingham, Nottingham Forest. Um, don't you think that that signing feels like a bit of a coup for Cambridge? It does a touch on paper. I think it, we, it, the, the thing with, with Taylor that it did, it did surprise us all. Don't get me wrong. I think we, we, we went into um, the Fleetwood game. If you spoke to me this time last week, the mood was very, very low because it looked like we weren't going to be able to get a striker across the line in time for Fleetwood. And we didn't have a single striker fit at the club before that for three weeks um, since Gasson had me got injured, um, I think against Exeter actually. Um, and so we were looking in like a pretty bad spot and it, it felt to us like we were just going to sign some like, you know, an 18 year old loanee from Swansea that no one's ever heard of or something that, you know, could turn out to be amazing, but is a bit of a, you know, no one's ever heard of this guy and he's playing his first sort of minutes in, in proper professional football. Um, so to go and sign Lyon Taylor, a guy with the sort of CV that he's got, I thought was, was, was a bit of a shock, but then you sort of look down it and you look at other fans and there's real mixed reviews in terms of, in terms of uh, and what supporters think about him as, as previous clubs, it, it seems like it's a bit of a roll of the dice in the sense that if it clicks, it clicks, and he scores goals prolifically. And his, his CV will show you that at Charlton, at Wimbledon, um, even at Forest. His record's not amazing at Forest, but Forest was a big move for him. It was a big step up, and he scored some quite important goals in in their promotion season, I think. Um, so, yeah, a guy with incredible pedigree and, and, and experience, I think, for the sort of player we thought we'd be able to get in January. But then you look at what Wickham fans are saying about him and he went there, played seven times, scored zero goals and they were like, get rid of him. We don't want anything to do with this guy. No attitude, doesn't put the work in, just moans and complains on the pitch. And there was just a bit in, a part, in us before Saturday, obviously, when he ended up making his debut that was like, I just can't imagine Neil Harris signing a guy like this. I can't imagine Neil Harris trusting a guy who would be so petulant in that sense. That's completely, you know, like me sort of imagining that. I don't, I don't, I don't know Neil Harris personally at all, but just the way he speaks about his players, that's sort of like the number one thing for him. So Saturday came on with half an hour to go, scored and then made the other goal um, in a 2-1 win. He was absolutely the difference maker. He was unreal. And it was the exact opposite of what Wickham fans are telling us. He was working his socks off like left, right and centre. He made the second goal just for a brilliant run that, um, that, that was was a move of his own making really and 
I think it's, be, it, it's it's got the thing that, you know, early signs are very, very promising that even the way he's speaking afterwards about finally finding an environment where um, he feels wanted and he feels like, you know, he's the number nine now for the, at least for the next three months and um, the, the sort of the pressures on him in a good way to go and score goals. Um, I think we could have a bit of a player on our hands, but I, d I don't want to speak too soon because it seems like with Taylor, like if things go wrong behind the scenes, things go wrong quite quickly and uh, and it's hard to get him back on side a little bit. So, you know, we'll enjoy it while it lasts at least. But uh, yeah, pretty happy with it, to be honest, on first showings. Yeah, well, Taylor's the only acquisition you've made uh, this January. Um, are you expecting any more through the door? Yeah, we'll definitely make a couple more, but I don't think before Saturday, I think the word coming out of the club is probably last week of the window, see what's, see what's doable. But they definitely want three or four more um, just in covering various positions, right back, centre mid, another striker. Because like I say, the only other option we have at the moment who sort of feels like a bit of a new signing is young 18-year-old Brandon Njoku, who only made his second uh, appearance against Fleetwood. Uh, and alongside Taylor, played played right alongside him in a, basically a 4-4-2. He's a much more smaller, diminutive, sort of low centre of gravity striker, um, puts himself about real sort of live wire. Worked really well with Taylor, who's obviously a bit a bit different, bit of a bit more of a frame and a figure. Um, those two worked really, really well off each other. So, and Jockey might be able to get his chance. Really, um, I don't think he won't. He won't start on Saturday, for example. But he, he will definitely be an option off the bench. So, I think maybe the rush to go and get that second striker is not quite as pressing as it was this time last week. Um, we'll definitely make a few more additions. That's been that's been clear. But before Saturday. Um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be expecting anything really before Saturday. And uh, well, let's move on to Saturday then. A six pointer, perhaps. I think it feels like that for, from an extra perspective. How do you think Saturday's game will go? Oh, it's, it's hard to say. I think um, I think speaking from our perspective, getting that last minute winner against Fleetwood, what that did for momentum amongst the fan base and morale, um, it was massive. So I think we come into it again with a talisman now, like a point up front with Lyle Taylor. I think we come into it in pretty high spirits. Um, I think we'd take a point because I think if you look at the record, our record down at St. James's Park, it is shocking. Um, <laughs> we've I, I've been at the one win down there in since I've been supporting the club that I can remember, which was 2-0 in like 2018 or something. But since then, we don't even score normally down there. You know, even in our promotion season under Bonner in League Two, when we finished second on like 90 odd points, we still we still only scored one goal against your home and away and we, we got pretty comfortably turned over at your place. So it's not a place we like to come. Um, and I know that your home form has been has picked up a lot and you, I, I assume, will be looking at it like this is the sort of game we have to be winning. Um, so... I suppose we, we need to sort of try and, and play with the attitude that the pressure's on you guys a little bit. And it's it's a bit, we've got a little bit of breathing room to the relegation zone, which obviously disappears in a, you know, we could be speaking in two weeks' time and it would have disappeared. Um, but I think we can go into it with this pressure off ever so slightly. Um, but Neil Harris won't, won't be speaking like that. He'll be telling his players, like, if you get three points today, um, what that does for the relegation picture is massive because it's a, it's, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't maybe go as far as six pointer because I think we're just out of the picture right now. But not. That's not to say we don't get dragged into it. So it's, it's still a big game to work for us. But um, I'd be happy more than anything, almost to to not to make sure you guys don't get three points and sort of narrow the gap to us. So yeah, I'll take a point. Well, it's all to play for at the park on Saturday. Uh, Jules, thank you so much for for joining us on Park Life. Uh, best of luck for the rest of the season. Uh, and I always caveat with saying uh, not on Saturday. Not on Saturday, obviously. Yeah, and you, mate. 
Finally, I'm joined by City Under-18's captain Tom Dean to talk about what it felt like to win a Devon derby. Tom, welcome to Park Life. Thanks for joining us. There's one main reason why I've got you on the pod this week, and that is, of course, to talk about the huge victory over Plymouth Argyle in the Devon derby. You captained the side. Uh, how much did it mean to yourself uh, and to your teammates to get one over our Devon rivals? Yeah, it's always nice to beat your closest rivals, and it was it was a big moment in our season for for myself and the rest of the lads, given some of our form throughout the season. But it was yeah, it was just a typical typical Devon derby, very back and forth, very fiery, and it was a close game in the end, and we just nicked it with a winner quite late on. Of course, and uh, you know Plymouth, a good team in in themselves, top of the table. They'd only lost once all season before Saturday. It must have taken something pretty special to beat them. How did you do it? I mean, if, when you watch the game back, there's there's lots of things that we practice in training, like coming out during the games, and I think we set up very well. And I don't know the game the game plan. It just clicked on the day, and we just got a couple goals. We kept it quite tight at the back, and it was it was very good. Yeah, and of course you were bolstered by uh, Pedro Borges, who made a, a little appearance in that game and of course scored uh, a very important goal. What was it like playing with Pedro? Yeah, so it's, it's always a bonus when you've got, obviously, you, you're allowed a couple of older players playing down, so it's always a bonus when you've got people like Pedro and Harrison King playing. They're always going to improve the squad, obviously coming from an older age group, so it's always a pleasure to play over them and they both played very well. And for the under-18s, I think 2023 was okay. It probably didn't go quite as well as you might have liked. But 2024 has started with a bang, a 5-0 thrashing of Cheltenham Town before the the derby win. Um, What do you think has caused the uptick in form uh, since the start of the new year? There's not really been any tactical changes, I would say. The the messages for the last three or four months have been the same. The things we're trying to get out of the matches, the the way we're playing, the sort of combination, it's just all the same. I just... I think the more we work on it, the the better we're getting. So I feel I feel like we're playing really, really well at the moment. And let's talk a little bit about you personally then. You managed to get some first-team minutes uh, playing in City's friendly with Southampton earlier in the week. You, of course, also made a competitive uh, first-team appearance in the Bristol Street Motors Trophy back in October when you played Arsenal. How much do you learn from, from those experiences playing with the first team? Yeah, I mean, my debut, was, it was a very proud moment for me. Despite the scoreline, I feel like there was a lot that I could take away from the game, a lot of lessons learned, and it was a really big moment for me. So I was really happy with that. And then obviously the game, the game yesterday, you're playing with a lot of more senior pros who were playing with us yesterday. So a lot of learning points in that game as well. Is it nice to sort of integrate yourself into the first team, even though you're you're still quite a young age? It must be nice to to have that integration with with the first team lads. Yeah, it's very important for for all the lads. It's sort of it's a, it's a different environment, more competitive, and obviously the players that are at the top of the game, like the the first team players, like they're very technically good and very physical. So it's always going to make you better as a player. And I suppose these sort of opportunities are all part of the journey towards becoming one of those first team regulars. Uh, you spent some time over the past month on loan at, at Tavistock. How do you feel that that move went, and w- what did you learn from that? Yeah, I was I was there for a two or three weeks spell over obviously the under 18s at the Christmas break and I managed to play two games in the end, got got good minutes in both of them. And it sort of just kept my match fitness up, gave me a different sort of outlook on on the game. Obviously it's a different league, a lot more physical, um, lots of very senior pros in that league who are very good players. So once again, it's, it was an opportunity given to me that I feel like is going to be really key in my journey. 
Was there anything that you experienced there that was maybe a little unexpected? Uh, the harsh realities of uh, of senior football, if you like. Yeah, obviously it was, it was very physical. Um, the pitches they weren't great. Like you, have, you sort of have to be be more careful with your first touch and the passes you're giving to your teammates. So like it can be very unpredictable. Like Bob Blair, you just got to be really mindful and just play to the best of your ability. And of course, I suppose you've got the perfect mentor in becoming a first team uh, regular or at least a part of the first team. A lot of City fans will know your brother, Will, who made a few appearances for City, including a couple in the league. Um, have you managed to learn anything for, from Will's experience at the club? Yeah, I mean, we we speak a lot. Back at, we still, he still lives at home with me. And obviously, like if there's anything ever that... I want to speak to him about about his experiences, like where he went right, where he went wrong. He's, he'd always speak to me about it. So yeah, it's always good to have someone above me that's all gone through like the process, and he's still playing at a very good level at Truro and same position. So it's sort of same, we've got the same sort of skill set that I need to that I need to learn to improve my game. So it's always good to have him there to speak to. Yeah, of course, and uh, I guess that leads me on to quite nicely onto uh, the future. Then, um, what are your plans for the second half of the season? Will you kind of stay around the under 18s or or maybe look to secure yourself another development loan to to help you progress? Um, at the moment, I think I'll be playing a few more games for the under 18s. I, I don't really know what's happening after that, but for me, it's the most important thing: just playing every week, getting 90 minutes, and just keep improving, like scoring goals getting assists that's the most important thing for me so that's what i'll be focusing on amazing well tom you've been fab thank you so much for for joining us on park life and best of luck for the second half of the season that's all for this episode of park life the official exeter city podcast let us know what you want to hear more of via our social media channels and don't forget to hit the follow button so you never miss an episode thanks for listening up the city He's been picked out. Socks down to his angle. Picks out Stansfield. That's the hat trick. And that's what dreams are made.